Hey everybody, this is part two of two of our series on Gleam Car Wash out in Denver. If you've not yet listened to part one, we highly recommend you begin your journey there. Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey everybody, I'm Matt DeWolf, your host of Car Wash the Podcast. This is, friends, the podcast that makes you a better car washer, and we sincerely hope a slightly better human being. This week, we're going to finish up our series on Gleam by talking a little bit more about the wash itself, rather than telling you the story of its founder, Emily Barada. Uh, her story was the focus of part one, which you may remember, we recommended that you start your journey with that episode. In that episode, Emily told us that she came from a commercial real estate development background, but after a while, she hit a glass ceiling. And so she started out on her own with her own development firm, and Gleam was her first project. She never intended to run Gleam, uh, but things happened. The person that she had tapped to run that uh, didn't work out. And so guess what? Emily stepped in and she became CEO of Gleam Car Wash. Her idea to build a car wash came from a conversation she was having with a neighbor who was complaining that there was no wash in the area. And so Emily went out and did her own due diligence, realized it was a good investment and found herself a location. Well, okay, so let's back up a little bit. So you uh, you started Gleam in 2016? Yep, fall of 2016. So number one, you were pretty lucky that there was not a wash in this area, right? Because of the way this industry's been going? Yes. I don't know how you like found the magical space where there's nothing in your, in Dumb your luck. operating radius, but <laughs> man, good on you for that. So the reason I think that there weren't any car washes in this immediate area is that we're in a city. Yeah. And so this is a really tight urban infill site, mm -hmm. and there aren't a lot of sites in cities that aren't already car washes that have the that are big enough yep. to have a car wash that have the visibility, the access, and the zoning. And so the first thing I did after I thought, well, wouldn't it be lovely to have a car wash in the neighborhood <laughs> was to start looking around at the land options. Okay. And so the use for a car wash is a use by right on this particular parcel. This is an unusual parcel in that it's not subdivided by an alley. It has great access to and visibility to um, a relatively busy street that's only getting busier. Yes. It's at a light. And so I, I put it under contract. It had been this like very tired old Mexican restaurant. Okay. And so I actually just went to lunch at the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> so I'd like to buy your space? At, really? Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Actually, that's what happened. <laughs> like I love the burritos here. Uh, right. Your guac's amazing. I'd like to buy your store. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, there's... <laughs> We're simplifying it somewhat, but literally I got it under contract by going to the restaurant and yeah. ordering lunch and explaining that I would give him an offer the next day. Wow. That's which amazing. I did. That's amazing. <laughs> Gleam is nestled into a neighborhood in Denver. It's across the street from a fall fusion restaurant, catty corner to a Sprouts Fresh Market. As you pull up to the location, it's got a beautifully clean line on a modern looking building. Dark and light grays paired with just darker than royal blue and an almost neon green make the colors really stand out. It stands out in all the best ways. As we pulled into the lot on a brutally cold and snowy day, we noticed there was a lot going on and not a lot of space. Gleam is a flex location. Now, 
a flux car wash for any of our listeners who might be new to the car wash industry. It's a car wash that combines elements of both a full service and express exterior models. Basically, it's a location that can clean the exterior of your vehicle as well as the interior. Now, flex locations require more labor to operate, and generally speaking, they'd be on a plot of land much, much larger than where we find Gleam. Okay, so Emily, we're sitting on a three-quarter acre location, mm -hmm. right? We've established we think it's a good location now. Mm -hmm. um, others didn't think it was always a good location, but <laughs> you've, you've got us here now. But why in the world did you take three-quarters of an acre and make it a flex? Well, you know, um, it was the only choice. Okay. So we are we are in a city, and so land values are very high. Yeah. Um, just because you can do a lot with this land, and there's already a lot going to the land. It has all of the infrastructure. It's it's fronts a huge busy street. Yeah. Um, so you're going to pay more for acreage here than you would further out, closer to the airport, wherever. The further out you drive. Uh, we so we needed the high volume, and we needed a high ticket out average. So the way to do that is a flex. I'm starting to see why people maybe thought this was not a good location. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you need volume uh -huh. and super high margin. Uh -huh. Okay, cool. Yeah. Tell yeah. me how you right. did that. Easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great idea. Yeah. Well, we figured, we, we spent a long time on the site plan because we had to make sure we had the circulation to get the cars on and off. Yep. Cities do not like it when you are queuing up onto their streets yeah. and neighbors yeah. don't like it. So we actually have the capacity to queue up to about 15 or 20 cars. Okay. So you enter. So that was that was an important thing. So we could actually get the throughput. And we we figured that we could put a big detail bay. We call it a detail bay. It's where we do both the detailing right now and sort of the interior quick cleans, yep. the vacuums and the dusting. And we have two means of we have ingress, egress. So we could get people in and off the site um, relatively easily. And we just kind of went for it, uh, and and we will we were filling a market need. So yeah. again, we did think that there would be some patience on the part of the consumer as they figured out how to navigate the site and how to use the site, and that's been true. So the first time people come can be frustrating, sure. Um, but we try very hard to educate them, um, and then once you get the hang of it, you kind of get the hang of it. You decided. And maybe you'd open another car wash. Right. Great Why? idea. <laughs> Why did you do that? I don't know. Uh, no, um, hopefully, as you kind of get into this kind of next wave of growth, uh, there are fewer moments where you're sitting on this on the curb crying and yep. screaming. Yeah, let's hope. More moments yeah. where you're able to celebrate the success. Yeah. We're really excited about Gleam 2. Gleam 2 is going to be awesome. And um, Gleam 1 was a huge undertaking, more more than I even realized, yeah. starting completely from scratch. Like we literally were training teams on how to clean cars in our backyards. <laughs> and I'm not, that's a true story, before we actually <laughs> opened, because one of the project managers had ticked off the city inspector so much that he wouldn't let us practice on site. So, but, but we were about to open yeah. and we needed to train people on cleaning cars because someone coming to the car wash was going to expect us to clean their car. So there we were with all our brand new employees actually cleaning cars in our backyard because the choreography of the car cleaning is important. And so yeah. people had to get exposure to do this first, do this second, do this third. And there was even pantomime involved because obviously <laughs> we didn't have compressed air yeah. in the backyard. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so you're making, you were making the noises. We, we didn't have vacuums. <laughs> it, it, it was quite something. So we were starting everything from scratch. I didn't know where to get XPT paper for the machine. Like, and if you think about 
all of the inputs around here is it's just a lot the yeah. insurance and so nothing starting from nothing so we have all that knowledge base now going into glean two i think it is going to be tough i think it's going to be successful um i think the two gleams will really sort of strengthen the brand even though they're fairly far apart from each other but we have built up so much knowledge working on gleam one and we've developed so much collateral um training facilities or training systems that I think it'll be pretty easy to map that on to Gleam 2 and to make Gleam 2 a, a bigger success sooner with yeah. a lot less, many fewer tears, a lot less heartache. Of course, for Gleam, building a car wash from scratch has meant learning and adapting as they go. Like Emily said about the customers, there's been plenty of getting the hang of it for the team. All of that knowledge, though, makes the transition to Gleam 2 a completely different ballgame. One example of an innovative problem-solving approach that Emily mentioned to me kind of offhandedly was a change in the way they handled their detail scheduling. I asked her about it later because I thought it was an example of a very simple fix with an exceptional outcome. I'll tell you about that after just a few words from our sponsor. Amplify Car Wash Advisors is a full-service car wash advisory firm formed by industry veterans Bill Martin and Jeff Pavone. With a mission to create wealth for their clients, Amplify takes a unique approach to what can be a complicated and emotional experience. Whether you're looking to sell, partner, or grow, Amplify has you covered. It's a Wall Street process with a personal touch. So this has been a, one of the several transformative things that we've done. So we embedded a scheduling um, component to our website. Yep. So now, yep. so not only does the consumer make their own appointment, they have to put down a 15% non-refundable deposit. Yep. And that virtually eliminated our no-shows and has made the entire process so much better for us and I think ultimately for the consumers because they've committed. They they might have just put down $10 right. and they still show up. Right. And they've signed, they've checked the box that says they acknowledge that this is non-refundable. Now they can reschedule and that deposit travels with them and they sure. can reschedule indefinitely, but they don't even have to call us and have someone on our end who otherwise could be cleaning cars, do the rescheduling. Yeah. They do it all online. And so that's been a godsend. Well, and you, what was the number before and, and what's it at Thir now? It was at least 30% no-show rates. Good grief. Yeah, yeah, good grief. And now it's literally zero, like maybe one a month. So they've learned a lot at Gleam. They've solved a lot of problems. Uh, and they're really beginning to hit their stride, so much so that they're going to do Gleam 2.0. Uh, but a few things have not changed. From its inception, Emily has had several core values that she calls fundamentals of the way they work. And the company has really remained true to them at every step in the process. So we have a couple core values at Gleam. We believe in being green. Yeah. And we believe in hiring people who um, deserve to be here and working harder on our end to find better people. Mm. Um, and we believe that that enables us to have a stronger business and again, put out a better product. And we've tried hard here to hire women, um, in various different capacities and to, to grow them. And so one of our top detailers actually is, is a woman and she's, she's fantastic. And we wish that there were more like her. Yeah. I think it helps to have a woman who is owning and operating the business because I would like to think that it's, it, it telegraphs to, the 16, 17, 18 year olds that this is something that they can do. So I got referred over um, to my friend 
and I interviewed here and then started. It's actually my first job being here. That's Francisca Vasquez. She's been with Gleam for about a year. Yeah, I was a very shy person and I didn't really um, talk as much or like really want to learn as much. But now I'm open up and wanting to learn different positions here in this car wash. So it's kind of a good thing because she and all these people all taught me how to be the person I am today. So what specifically stands out for you in terms of what you've learned in this kind of last year? Um, I honestly think running a business and having an owner that's a woman and um, she's actually inspired me a lot with all of the things she does and like running a business. I think it's just amazing how she's just so great about this car wash. So I'm gonna let you in on a little secret, Francisco. Okay. Once you work in car washing, you never work anywhere else. Or you might, but you're gonna come back to car washing. Yeah. Life and I and I hope that that I could run my own uh, business yeah. in the car wash one day, um, which I think Emily's really helping out with that and helping me show what comes with running a business. One thing that feels really good is that we have a, a really good team right now, and yeah. they like working here. Um, they help improve working here. They have good ideas yep. um, and we activate those ideas. So we make it an empowering place to work. Um, and we try very hard to treat our employees well. We offer healthcare and a 401k and all of those other things that you would hope a, a grown up business would yeah. offer. Um, so we try to be really patient around here and, and, and try to do our best to support all of our employees. I think that's, that's really like, and everyone always says this and it sounds so trite. But really, if you have teams that can continue to sort of grow and build, then, then you've got a business. Yeah. So I just needed a job. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was just looking for a job. And I had a friend that was a supervisor here. And he's like, come to Gleam. Uh, you know, we'll give you a shot. And then at, at the beginning, I didn't really like it. I was like, oh, cleaning cars sucks. <laughs> but uh, I just stuck with it. And um, the job grew on me. And it's been like the best job I've ever had. Austin Pearsall is a manager at Gleam, and he's been there for two years. I've never held on to a job for longer than a couple months before here. And uh, so I started working here and um, I started working really hard. Um, and the opportunity that uh, Emily gave me, so she recognized my hard work. Uh, she rewarded my hard work and um, it's really paid off well. Uh, it's the best job I've ever had. You know, it's not a slog to go to work. Yeah. like. Like today, I had to walk to work uh, in the snow, but it, it was no big deal. You know, I'm just going to work, doing my job. Uh, I love my job. So it, it was a really good opportunity. Um, it's my first position where uh, I'm managing people. So I'm learning a lot of new skills. Last summer, uh, I learned how to detail. Um, so learned a bunch of cool stuff there. So what do you think it is that made it possible for you to go from not really having a, a, a consistent job to being able to be in a position where you're managing other people? The leadership here, definitely. Um, it's just like not a skill that I had before and um, just working with everybody here, it's just been like a huge learning experience. Uh, yeah, never really thought that I'd be like a, a manager or be good at it, you know? Um, learned a lot here. To talk directly about our inclusive hiring practice. So that came about essentially because I used to do a lot of work in nonprofits. Okay. And I had a colleague, I had been her board chair for a long time, and she did this amazing job. And so she put me in touch with a guy who founded um, a 
nonprofit called Blue Star Recyclers. And Blue Star is locally based, although now they are um, they have multiple locations around the country. And they're almost 100% staffed by people on the spectrum, okay. on the autism spectrum. Gotcha. And so I went and visited. And their CEO, their founder CEO, Bill Morris, he, he, took, he took me around. We spent a day with them. And he, his point was, look, Emily, there are at least, I think it's, what is it, 6 million adults with autism. And the under and unemployment rate is past 80%. Wow. It's, it's huge. And so, and he, and he pointed out, look, we are, we are a nonprofit, but we are practically profitable, which yeah. is they're in a very challenging industry. He said, you should go out and get some of these employees. They are, when you find the right person, they're the best employee and you might have to try harder, but like only pick the best because no one's hiring them. Yeah. And so I thought, well, well, we'll give that a shot. And his, his point to me was when you find the right people, they always show up. Yep. They come in with a really good attitude, incredibly reliable. Um, they do a really good job while they're here. Like they're wonderful employees. So why wouldn't you try harder for your business and for them to include them in your workforce? It has been a big effort. And um, so at any given point in time, between 10 and 20% of our staff has our individuals with uh, intellectual or developmental disabilities. Okay. Right now we're closer to 10%. We've been up to 20%. We sort of feel like 20% is a good threshold for us as a, as a for-profit business, yep. but it's very difficult to find these individuals because even though the vast majority of them are under or unemployed, there aren't successful systems out there to connect small, well, any business, but particularly small businesses to folks who are looking for employment. And then it does take a longer time often to train them. Yeah. So not only do you have to find them and there aren't systems and you know, you're a small business owner, yeah. you really don't have a whole lot of extra time. And this takes a lot of extra time. Yeah. Um, and then the few nonprofits that I worked with actually weren't very helpful. So I wound up wasting a lot of time. We find most of our good employees through word of mouth, through on-site advertising, yep. friends and family. Um, this is actually probably the biggest part of the success story when we, when Glean did a big fundraiser last summer. We wound up raising money for a job readiness program at Children's Hospital okay. and then hiring five of their 15 or 20 graduates, wow. two of whom are still with us. So that has been an incredibly meaningful, probably more meaningful for us because we got good employees out of it than for the hospital, which got a, a fairly decent sized check. Yeah. Um, so. But, you, but you're getting the benefits that keep lasting, right? We, yeah. we are. And we've got some, some, and we have some really cool success stories. We had two employees um, who came to us and they were essentially nonverbal. Yeah. And after six, eight months, like, you know, they're out on the floor, they're teasing the owner. They're That's making funny. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, all of us would be similarly dysfunctional if we spent all of our time in our parents' basement not talking to other people. Yeah. And that, unfortunately, is what happens a lot of times. And so having a place to be with supportive colleagues, um, an understandable job, it's transformative. Well, and it, it makes you think, right? Like, what else is possible? True. What else could we do, yeah. right? And, it, and I think some of it comes back to even like, this representation conversation around seeing yourself in places where you can be successful, which is only going to drive um, your all's reach into that talent pool up, right? Because yeah. they're going to start talking to other folks who have similar challenges. And it's yeah. like, you know, what was really great was when I went and worked at Glean. Yeah. Like, and, that's pretty powerful. And we just had an employee who was with us for five years. Um, we, we He was a great employee and he just got a higher paying job. Oh. And... We, he might have gotten there, 
without without this opportunity, but he might not have. And I yeah. think I know it's made some of our management staff in particular feel really good because they put in a lot of time. Well, how does that make you feel? Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty cool. So, um, we're gonna take a hard left out of that conversation, and we'll probably come back to it. But hard left. Let's talk uh, sustainability okay. and your other core values. So, why was that important for you? Where did that come from? So, I've always been an environmentalist. Uh, I think even even in high school, I organized some demonstration and, and got all these empty oil barrels like okay, okay, <laughs> built up we're in unpacking the middle of campus. Lot. Yeah, right? we're, we're learning a lot. Well, and <laughs> when I did real estate development, I only worked on really green buildings. Okay, so it's kind of a personal core value for me. Gotcha. So when it came to creating a business, there was no way it wasn't going to be a super green business, even if even if that got the same weird looks from all the. <laughs> car wash folk yeah. that, that it got from the real estate development folk as well. Um, so we have any number of ways that we are sustainable here at Glean. So we started with the building. We yep. can start with the land because we're reusing land that's been here forever. Sure. And so we're not actually like, you know, putting a building on something that had been like a pasture right. anytime in recent history. Right. As and far as you know. As far as I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> we did we have some underground storage tanks and stuff. Yeah. Um, the building itself is incredibly green. It's a modular building. We did as many green features as we could. There's LED. We optimized the pitch for the south-facing roof okay. to be terrific for solar. So we have 41 kilowatts of solar that's outperforming its projection wow. because of where it is. Um, we have we put in the largest water reclamation and treatment plant or uh, system that we could put in, and we maintain it. Yeah. So one of my colleagues is always reminding me. He's like, most car washes have this, Emily. But it's a question of whether or not you're actually maintaining it, which is expensive yeah. and time-consuming and can yeah. be frustrating. Um, we are also, we pay a lot of attention to our, our waste stream. So we recycle and we compost and we have a small electronics recycling sort of like hub where yeah. we let people properly recycle like their batteries. Um, we track all of this. We train our employees on this. Do they want to know how to compost? No. <laughs> Will they have a better idea after they work at Gleam? I hope so. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we try to think about it holistically and do as much as we can. Well, I think that, that again, that comes through in the environment that we're in. Like we're sitting in this beautiful space, but everywhere around you look, you, there are hints of this kind of culture piece and this is part of your values and this is sustainable and this is sustainable. Even like you were telling me about, um, we've got this lovely accent wall. Tell me that story. Where did this, where did this accent wall come from? So we put this accent wall up and it is made out of beetle kill. Yeah. The wall in front of us is lined from floor to ceiling with this light colored pine wood, each piece unique, which brings warmth to the space and makes it really welcoming. It really is stunning. So, so the beetles came in, decimated the forest. They're starting somewhat to recover, but this um, devastated the, the natural environment and the forest, this invasive beetle species, and they were able to proliferate because it's a lot warmer than it used to be. Yeah. So there isn't the cold to kill them off, and they just voraciously eat through um, the forests. And so you wind up with all of this dead wood, which is dangerous for forest fires yeah. and so we decided that what we would, but it can be beautiful. Yeah. And so uh, a colleague agreed to install this wall for me as a way of sort of reminding us all of, of sustainability concerns and how we're trying to address some of those issues. Yeah, I think that's really, really cool. And, and the other piece that I think is really cool about what you all do here is um, you're very of the community, right? Mm -hmm. And so this started when you, when you picked this location, which 
selfishly was in your own neighborhood. We'll let that oh, go. Oh, yeah. I'm down yeah, the street. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can like walk to work. It's great. <laughs> so you were kind of already of the community, but this this gave you a different outlet, right? And, mm-hmm. and you're able to offer some things because of this business that you wouldn't have been able to otherwise, which um, there's a lot of local merchandise and a lot of local offerings. Can you talk to me a little bit about um, kind of that commitment to local and what you do here? Mm-hmm. So we're a locally owned business um, and a woman owned business. And we were talking about just gender disparities and small business ownership earlier. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to have the lobby area sort of speak to our values. So we have a lot of items in here that almost everything in here is locally sourced. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those items are made by women-owned businesses. And so the goal of our shop is to be a convenience for the consumer, yep. but also for it to kind of remind people of the business's core values. So we want to give back to the community. We want to help support the community. We don't want it to just be a nonprofit endeavor. Um, so these are all little businesses that yeah. are trying to make money and they're cool. And so, and, and we want people who come in here to feel comfortable in the space, to know some of the creativity that's happening yeah. in their local community and feel like they too are supporting it by being here at Gleam, by buying a card, by buying a candle, um, whatever that case may be. And just to feel better about some of their, their, their choices, all about getting something that, you know, they just want a clean car. Right, right. But now they can feel that much better about a clean car. Another one of Gleam's really core values is philanthropy and being involved in the community. Gleam works with a ton of local businesses, schools, nonprofits, you name it. Uh, they host events. Uh, especially like a recent one with a local high school soccer team where the team came in for a day. They had 10 of their players, members of the coaching staff, and they were drying cars. And that one event allowed that team to raise more than $1,000. Gleam believes that if they can strengthen their community, the people around them may be better able to come and avail of their services. In this way, the philanthropy effort is good for both Gleam as a business and the community they serve. They're also partners to nonprofit organizations like the Children's Hospital Colorado Foundation. Yes, Emily Kodis. So I work at Children's Hospital Colorado Foundation, and I am director of corporate partnerships. Emily explained exactly what the hospital does and how Gleam support helps. It's broken bones and casts and high fevers and treating a patient as they're injured or or experiencing trauma, and they walk in our doors. And um, we also are providing care to our pediatric patients regardless of their ability to pay. So every year we provide about $290 million in care that's uncompensated. So we're um, a lot of compassion, um, that's our North Star, and we're doing the right thing regardless of the bottom line. So we have our hospital um, providing buy-in and budget from the hospital team. We have our um, governmental support, so government grants, and then we have our community partners, so individual donors, foundations, corporate donors, um, and that's really what Tristan and my expertise is, is working through those corporate partnerships to provide steadfast funding for the hospital. So Gleam Car Wash has been uh, very supportive of our mission and one of our most beloved programs, which is Project Search. And so Project Search is a program that really invests in our patients um, at the hospital to get them back into the workforce um, in jobs, whether it's healthcare or jobs surrounding um, the hospital in our community. Um, And so with the support from Gleam, we've been able to reinvest that back into that program and back into those patients who are able to um, go out into the community and contribute to their their community just as they should be. And, And we support them in that sense. 
So we are relying very heavily on partnerships like Gleam um, to get us that bread and butter support that we can rely on throughout the year um, and throughout, you know, over the years through a long period of funding. So typically a corporate partner would support a nonprofit. The shelf life is really a five-year partnership. And so we've seen uh, partnerships like Gleam uh, surpass that in droves. And that's really what we rely on. We're going out there and searching for those um, multi-million dollar naming opportunities, but we could not do that without these bread and butter corporate partners that are supporting the mission at the core. It really is those small grassroots, local community corporations that lift us up and that really can provide us that foundation to take care of kids. So we host fundraisers. We obviously, we donate services to silent auctions. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, that's sort of both good for the consumer and for the nonprofit, but it is good for Gleam because it gets us in front of an audience mm -hmm. that we might not otherwise get in front of. So they say, oh, I didn't know they did details there. Yeah. And then they come in and we give them the detail, super clean car, they're really happy. They tell their friends, hey, I bought this at the silent auction. I didn't know Gleam did this, I'm gonna come back. Yeah. And so that also sort of like everybody wins and yeah. it's kind of a cool thing. All of our programs that are unusual, I think, in the industry do strengthen our bottom line. Yeah. It helps us to have an inclusive hiring practice. It helps us to be super green. Um, if it didn't, then I would be being an irresponsible business owner. Right. I think it's possible to do those sorts of programs and do a bad job, and then they don't actually help. And then it's easy to sort of blame those sorts of programs. And so by integrating it into the business model and saying, no, no, it strengthens the business to do these things, mm -hmm. they're not going to be token programs. They're instead going to be fundamentals of how you do your work. And it makes people feel better about patronizing your business, and I think you do a better job. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you off the hook here in just a minute. Oh, good. <laughs> but I do have one very important question. Okay. Ask. Um, I like to ask this about from everybody that we talk to. Mm -hmm. If there's one thing that I can do today that will make me better tomorrow, mm -hmm. what is that? I would want people to focus on the inclusive hiring mm. because you need to start it today and know that it's gonna take you many tomorrows to make it a reality. You have to start with recruiting, you have to start with figuring out like what those individuals can and can't do in your facility and you have to commit to it. And if you commit to it today and you really carry it through and it could take months or even years, you're going to wind up with a couple of really great employees who will change their lives and you will start to make a difference and then other people will see you doing that and they'll ask you how to do that and you can tell them well it takes time and patience yeah. and eventually you get this really cool reward all about changing the world there you go that's what that's what gleam's here for <laughs> that is what gleam's that's here what for gleam's actually for. i don't see what the point of having a business is if you can't do something to help change the world Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.